Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. It's your Tuesday Bulletin. It's a familiar look about the Tuesday Bulletin. The gang is back together again. The four A's are on. Myself, Declan, James up there at the top of me. Liam with a, 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 an old retro jersey on there and Lawrence down the bottom. And we were saying before there, Lawrence, we are on yesterday. I'll try and change the questions up for you today because I don't want people getting bored of your, your, uh, your partner. But I never get bored of your partner anyway. Yeah, awesome. Listen, I wouldn't remember what I said yesterday. Feel free to spend another hour getting ripped into Rangers. I'm quite happy to sit back and enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) Bill the Bottler refuses to play his big signings. Bill, I want to first start with um, and uh, a very positive note. And and of course, the smiles are still going to be here, I think, on all our faces and on this channel for a good while to come. But uh, Ange, Liam, I'll come to you in this first. He certainly came out swinging after the game. I think he's been keeping that for a wee while. You heard him after the St. Murn game, um, you know, when, when John Kennedy had him strapped up in the chair and uh, in the room with him. Um, you know, he, he didn't bother to go to the presser that week because he knew what was coming his way. But he came out swinging uh, in the presser after the cup final, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, ask Alan McCoy's to lift back to the stadium. That was just priceless. That, that's that's going to be one of those moments that just gets, you know, repeated again and again. Um, no, it totally, you know, it, it's great. We now have a manager who dominates the press off the park to the same extent that the team dominate Rangers on the park. So I'm very, very pleased with how he, how he is uh, proceeding with that. Yeah, it's, uh, it was positive to see these snippets come out. James, I'll read you the quote here. 
He said, I- I'm still here, even though people have been getting me out the door. I think you'll be surprised how long I'm here. I'm consumed by trying to make this club the best it can be and I'll enjoy every minute of it. I, I think um, for people who are already maybe having sleepless nights over dominant Celtic, these sleepless nights are going to continue for a good while yet. Yeah, it's exactly the sort of quotes you had to hear for the Celtic match after just winning that trophy as well. Series here for a long one. I was pretty nervous. I've seen the podcast before. I think it would have been gone at some point in sort of the next year and a bit. But that gives you sort of all the reassurance you need, all the sort of confidence boost that you can get. And it's just, may the, may the good times continue. Yeah, may the good times roll. You get it roll with it as the old tune played on uh, Sunday, just after the Celts lifted the cup, Lawrence. Um, Lawrence, you've been around the block in terms of Celtic managers. You've seen many come and go. Um, I think there was still a, probably a wee bit of Brendan Rodgers syndrome, as people may be thinking... Is it going to happen to us again? And um, that was something I was too worried about. And I, I think that's just because the, the the profile of character of Ange compared to, to Brendan is completely different. And you know, one of the things that stood out for me in those comments he speaks about is, you know, being at a club for three years. How many managers actually get the chance to be at a club for three years in the modern game? Yeah, yeah, no, he's completely different character from Rogers. You know, you touch on the three years, and that's something that Strachan went back to as well, wasn't it? You know, maybe that's your shelf life. You know, but you know we enjoy him while he's here, and you know he done a sensible thing. He prepared his team to win the cup, rather than shouting his mouth off in the press. Then we give him, give him a gubbin. Mate, that was one at canter. You know we missed three or four sitters. Max Ivanovic should have scored. O'Reilly should have scored. Oh, should have scored. Absolute canter at the cup final. It's then time to speak when you pro- probably can do it in the park. You don't do it when you're nine points behind and miles away from your rivals. Come out in the press and go, you're the best team. But, you know, in whose world? Because, you know, you're not catching us up on points. You know, you're, you're, the goal difference is good. You're taking trophies. <laughs> you've got nine players out of contract. You've got a manager that makes two big signings, balls that refuses to, to start them. Things uh, can only get worse for them and better for us. Lawrence painting an absolutely fantastic picture uh, this Tuesday afternoon, Liam. But it's it's reality, you know, and I think there is some people beginning to wake up to that reality. But I, I, again, even in the manager's comments, he speaks about you know um, ambition, and you know he, he fires right into the journalist with that one, saying that they'll be the first to kind of happen down. He says, uh, "I'm going into my third uh, year next year, and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and not really worry about what other people see, because I'll tell you what the first thing that will be said, and one of you." journalists uh, will be the first ones to do it as I am not ambitious enough because I am not moving on um, he seems very firmly with his two feet planted in the ground here in Glasgow for a good while yet James I'll come to you in the cap yeah. we're having some technical issues in Japan we will get back to Liam on that um, and we'll get him rigged back in but James I'll come to you in that one there it, it just, it's just the stuff you want to hear he's waving we'll get him back in a second but Tell me, tell me what your thoughts are on that because that's you know that's I'm in control here he's sent to the press yeah it's when, when I go is when I go if the press think that Ange Postacoglu want to achieve a form of European success with Celtic isn't ambitious enough then I don't know what they would claim ambition to be would ambition be a bottom feeder in the Premier League no ambition is getting big success at a club like Celtic and if European competition is what we've assumed is his end goal. Get us to around the 16 or 
a deep run in the Europa League of the Conference League. Once he feels he's fulfilled his goals at Celtic, then he'll move on. He's already done a fantastic job and that's not enough for him. He wants more. And it's, as I said earlier, may the good times continue. And Liam, in terms of that fantastic job, he came in, he picked a team up off the ground that was 25 points behind in the league. He had to do a rebuild. Um, he had to bring in a lot of new recruits. He had to bring in experienced players, you know, losing your losing a figure that Scott Brown at the club was always going to be really, really difficult. But he's now at a point, I would say, with a Celtic team where he just needs to tweak it ever so slightly and then uh, go again and evolve. And that's something he's always looking to continually do. Yeah. Um, oh, but by the way, those technical difficulties, if that was the FBI because of the shirt I've got on, uh, hello. Um, <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. The, the thing is, though, that, you know, I am a journalism graduate. I do some part-time journalism work on the side at the moment, and it really annoys me that the media in Scotland give actual journalists a really bad name with the way they keep trying to manufacture these stories um they they really do seem to approach it and, and Ange has seen this coming and just batted it away with the with all the um you know all the respect it deserves which is none um you know good journalism is where you write a story then you think of a nice headline to go with it the headline should always be the last part of the story that's written hmm. but with the Scottish media, it's like, here's a headline. Now let's try and find something to fit the narrative. And the headline for the last month or so has been Ange's at the door. Um, and yet they have not been able to find a shred of actual evidence to back any of this up. Yeah, not not a shred of evidence. And I, I totally agree with you in that, that. There's far too many times there's flag wavers in the industry um, that, that are not calling it as they see it um, and try to fit a, a certain narrative, which is never, you know, I don't think that's ever really welcomed by anybody. Um, James, it's it's just a real positive vibe around Celtic just now. I almost felt, I don't know how you guys feel in this, I'll, I'll come to you all in this, but as if Sunday was almost like another chapter written in the season and you go into another chapter this season, you've kind of broken this season down to parts with the way the World Cup came, international breaks, just with the way Celtic were you know, the, the schedule was getting into this game and always spoken here about rotation and the team. A lot of the times before the World Cup, we were playing Wednesday weekend. January, February, it's been weekend, weekend, weekend. I think, again, you'll start to see a kind of different Celtic, even, even kind of post-Cup final now. What, what, what's your take on that? Well, if you have to listen to Alistair Johnson, this is just chapter one of three chapters. There's still more trophies to be won this season. And I think everybody on this call right now is getting optimistic about a treble because there is some real chances of that happening. And you're, you're quite right there. It's felt like a, a two-part season almost because of the World Cup break. We were good before the World Cup break, the captain getting injured, but we still carried on. We were still consistent. And that consistency has carried over right into the second half of the season after the World Cup break. And we've had some breakout stars as well, guys like Maeda and Moy, who a lot of fans maybe had doubts on before the World Cup break. So it's given us confidence in the strength of the squad that we've got at the moment. And that's a testament to Ange Postacoglu. Oh, listen, Celtic turned me into a pessimist during the, the 10 in a row season, but Ange has rapidly turned me back into an optimist because the football he plays, the team he's built, and now the trophies he's winning, it 
all you can feel is confident about Celtic. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think you go into games and you have that wee bit of relaxation. Although the last 20 minutes in Sunday were a wee bit uh, nervy. No anywhere near as bad as that Chris Julian Cup final, but they, they weren't uh, the, the most pleasant to experience. Lawrence, you going to get that wee bit of sense? I, I feel obviously the manager's spoken a hell of a lot about rotation this season. Um, in different parts and almost you know we were building towards that cup final there wasn't too many uh, changes in the team we didn't tinker with it too much I think when you maybe start to go back in you've got midweek you've got a cup game against Hearts at Tynecastle, which I'm sure you'll begin full strength with you might see a few more B changes come into the team Yeah you know you might see more Iwata or Kobayashi obviously Saeed's fit again you'd expect to, to see a wee bit more of him so I think you know you'll see some changes not too many. One thing stays the same. You know, we play an exciting brand of attack and one in football. Don't expect that to change anytime soon. We'll create loads of chances, concede very few chances. And playing like that, you know, the treble's very much on. You know, the, the, the league's not interested. Said it once ago. It, it's can we add the Scottish Cup? If we do, it's another treble. And for us, you know, we've got to be winning at least two trophies a season, you know, that set of standards. That is, you know, I think two trophies a season now is a minimum for Celtic. The league in one of the cups. Over the other side of the city, you know, Bill keeps harking back to his glory days of uh, being a coach to a guy that won one trophy in nine. You know, that's his standard. And it's just different levels, isn't it? It's different levels. That that was the banner at the end of the game. We set the standards. I thought that was a terrific banner, um, and I think every Celtic fan would there. I, I, I agree with that. A really, really good banner. Um, but Liam, you know, looking at this whole picture just now, it, it is unfurling just as we we hoped it would. And we heard, you know, Donuts, you've said it a hell of a lot on here about an Ange team in the second season. But you, you get the feeling as if he's just got that team and that squad just now exactly where he wants them. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think it's, uh, it's you know, we are all absolutely loving this at the minute. You know, this is great. We're on top. We're dominant, you know. And forget whatever nonsense you're going to read in the papers today. Um, I mean, Keith Jackson's article on the record was absolutely dripping in venom and bitterness and, uh, well, tears. <laughs> but, um, the, you know, the... Uh, that game was actually a lot more comfortable than the the scoreline would tell you. Um, mm. Aye, you know, when you're only one goal up, it's a bit shaky, but we could have had another three or four. Um, I'm a wee bit annoyed we didn't, because I've been saying 5-1 all last week. But, um, you know, the this is just the start of what I think is going to be a long, long period of dominance. Um, we are exponentially better than the opposition at the moment and mm. it's only going to keep going because Ange sees it as well you know one, one of our commenters said it a minute ago the target now is Europe we have established that we are the dominant force in Scotland again the uh, the natural order has been restored in that respect so good afternoon Craig Levine yes how do we how do we kick on from that now how do we kick on and Europe is the the benchmark to quote Martin O'Neill. Um, and, uh, you know, we really, that is where we're going to be judged next season. This season, we reasserted domestic dominance. If we can see out a treble, even better. Um, 
you know, I, I noticed today an interesting statistic that um, looking at the photos of celebrations, um, Celtic's Japanese translator now has more medals than Rangers captain. <laughs> <laughs> Just let that one sink in. <laughs> It's very true, though. It's absolutely true. Um, three medals to his name. Uh, the the Rangers legend, Hall of Famer, James Tavernier, of course, with two. Um, but, but James, you know, Liam makes a hell of a lot of good points in that there um, with Celtic re-establishing themselves, if you will, re-establishing themselves. You know, it was a season that was played behind closed doors. Um, in terms of when the fans are out in the stadium, Celtic have been the, the, the top, top team. And it's one bad season, which is all it looks to have been in terms of this. Paul John asked me a really interesting question about that on, on, on Friday and that did I think that this game was going to be something that, that, that symbolised how, how you know, the, the following months, years or whatever would pan out, whether it was going to be a game that if Rangers went and won the Cup, it would give them that instilled hope. It would obviously give them another piece of silver bear to add to their, their marginal two. Um, and see where they, they, they go from there or if Celtic won the Cup which of course we did um, it, it would spell you know that, that dominant period again in the, the, the club do you think that's, that's going to be the case though? because I certainly do Yeah it's the cliche that the first trophy this season is usually a really good indicator of how the season is going to go but I thought it was also a good indicator of where the Celtic squad and the Rangers squad are at this moment we've been raving about our squad They've been raving about their squad and their manager. So put them both together and let's see who's really better. And on the park, Celtic proved that they are the better team. And that should... If, I don't think we did confidence. The team was already on a high ground at this point. You could see with the way we were playing, the way the midfield was flowing during that final, the team is brimming with confidence. And the League Cup's just added even more onto that. And it should be, as I mentioned earlier, hopefully going for a treble. Yeah, we, we hope so. Um, sorry for any technical difficulties there. I think we've probably got a wee bug um, in the background. Lawrence is about to say something about something cheeky with that, so I, I can just what? tell that's his face there. Yeah. I'm just thinking, James is right, you know, they're saying we've got the best team, but it's, it's, it's a bit typical of Scotland, and I suppose the narrative of the press spin. Nine games out of ten, I need a bad decision or a dodgy penalty to scrape a result. And they're saying, oh, what brilliant. You're like, what? Have you not been watching this play football? It's an absolute garbage. You know, you speak to Rangers fans and they'll tell you that's not a good Rangers team. The points is in total contrast to their, their ability as a team. It's the down to, you know, some very fortunate decisions on lack of penalties is where they're getting a point. It's a manufactured title race. It's been done for ages. You know, and first trophy of the season, they stopped wouldn't give us a lead trophy in December. <laughs> done then. So <laughs> I, I just don't know where they are in touch with reality. They've got nine players out of contract. They've got no money. They've got a guy who used to put cones out for Stephen Gerrard as their boss. I don't know if he's any better than Marty. No. We've got 15 million in a bank. We've got a squad that's growing in value game and game. We've got a manager, you know, that must be the envy of half of Europe, somebody in his quality. So I honestly don't know where they get or even going to come close to this. Yeah. Liam, there's, there's a lot of points in that and, and also to add to that, Celtic have a, a squad full of assets now, you know, James speaks about that that 10 season, if you want to call it that um, when, you know your Edward departed at the end Ayer, Christie, you were looking about the squad and thinking, this Celtic team at this point in time, 
has maybe let go of those assets. Who do we bring in now? But the manager's completely transformed that. So as Lawrence says, you've got that money in the bank. You've lately got the potential of Champions League money next season. As he says, if, you, if the league's already done, you've, you've got that coming in. Then you've got the assets within your squad. That contrasting with the picture of Rangers is completely different. And they won't have that guaranteed Champions League game. They've got two players who could have at one point made them a few quid out of contract. The the situation here is contrasting and it's almost as if you, you would have thought Rangers might have learned from some of our mistakes, but they certainly haven't that. And they went from a team who were in a European final last season to a team who again could finish the season with absolutely zero silverware. And the, the interesting thing is talking about the you know the the way the way the manager has built things up. That's another contrast with Rangers. Is it's not just the signings we've made; it's also the way we've dealt with the outgoings. Um, Ange has been very quick to say, you know, if a particular player for whatever reason doesn't fit with his plan or isn't on board with his idea, it's like no hard feelings. See you later. Um, you know. Uh, we, had two, we had two great servants of the club in Tom Rogic and Nier Beton last season. At the end of the season, Ange was like, thanks boys, good luck. Um, you know, he obviously had plans beyond what those players could bring. Um, you know, not to say that they're not great players, they are, but obviously the plan moved forward. Meanwhile, at Ibrooks, they offered contract extensions to the likes of Alan McGregor and Scott Arfield, who were clearly past it two years ago. Um, and I think that's the difference. And again, in January, it's been the same. Um, mm-hmm. They go out and sign two people that they don't even have the confidence to put them into the, the starting lineup uh, on Sunday. Um, we strengthen the depth of our squad. And the, the bench, if you looked at that bench on Sunday, it was like, oh, my God, those every one of those players, possible exception of Scott Bain, would walk into any other team in in uh, in Scotland and quite a few teams in the English Premier League as well. Um, so, you know, we have that squad depth now. Meanwhile, their two probably most sellable assets, despite what I might think of them as players, in Kent and Morelos are both going to walk away for nothing in about, you know, eight weeks' time or whatever. So we are really, really on top of things on and off the park. And long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, long may it continue, absolutely. Something that I said before the game was the bench was going to play a part, James. I thought it did play a part. Would have been saying it played an even bigger role, had O'Reilly and Haksabanovic tucked those two goals away and Liam might have got his coupon up there. Um, it would have been a bit closer to 5-1 than the 2-1. But even what you're looking at in this team, and it's what I was saying earlier on, the, the manager's got them to a point now where you've got two players in each position. I, again, as I say, I think we might see a wee bit more of some of them in the coming weeks. But it's just about making very small tweaks and changes to that, whatever that may be in the summer. The, the, the picture across the road is completely different for that. Yeah, it's day and night. It's a complete contrast. I saw that there was a tweet on Twitter. It was for the squads from the 2019 League Cup final. You look at the Celtic squad and the Rangers squad from that day, they've still got the same faces, bar maybe two players. Whereas we've got a completely different squad, a complete overhaul, and it's stacked with talent. It got to about the 70-minute point during the final on Sunday, and we're seeing guys like Abada and O'Reilly come on, players that many fans were calling for to start players that would start 
for like Liam said, teams in the Premier League and any other team in the league that we're in at the moment. That's just the, a testament to the squad and just built his squad building has been absolutely phenomenal. If a player gets injured, no worries. There's a ready-made replacement right there. And if there isn't a ready-made replacement, someone else can fill in like Matt O'Reilly done in Cal mm-hmm. McGregor's role for the majority of that first half of the season. There's so much quality across the park and I'm confident that if we lose an asset in the summer, there's either someone ready to fill back in or and just signing philosophies we've seen for the last few years since he's been here. It's been phenomenal. We'll have an adequate replacement and I have no doubts about that. Yeah, and uh, I think we'll always be one step ahead of the game. Even there in January when you maybe thought Yakimakis will go out the door before a replacement's in, that's not how it panned out. We, we eventually got O in the door. Um, Lawrence, let's, let's talk about that team then. I, I thought Celtic's midfield, particularly on Sunday, he got it absolutely bang on playing Moy instead of O'Reilly, and he played a really important part in both Celtic's goals, Aaron Moy. Yeah, well, listen, he's been a brilliant acquisition. I think Moe has expected him to, to be a bit of a squad player, but he's one of the players that takes his, t- has taken his chance when he's got minutes. You know, he's made himself first pick. I think, you know, that's the first pick midfield just now. Competition for places uh, is keeping performances high. Yeah, Moy's brilliant. Uh, both goals coming down uh, captain penalties side, mistakes in, in that area. So, but you know, that's what you'd expect from their Hall of Famer's ability. Yeah. Liam, I've got to be graphic here. I don't know if it's actually going to work, but it was just something particularly interesting that I seen earlier on. Um, it is going to work there and it's just looking at Moy's position so if you look at that Celtic midfield there you can see Rangers are actually set up pretty well with their, their back forward and whatever else if you look at that midfield Moy's dropping into that 10 you've seen what Hatati just beside McGregor there and that's when Greg Taylor knows where the space is to go but a lot of that there is actually down to the space that Hatati's dragging Sakala and Tillman into um, they just seem to work that, that space so, so well on Sunday well, that was something that I think in both goals as well. Um, you know, the off-the-ball work is as important as the on-the-ball work. But, of course, mm-hmm. if you're watching it on telly in particular, you might not see all the off-the-ball stuff. I mean, Maeda, the TV were saying, like, you know, oh, he's missed a sitter, but Kyogo stuck it in. But no, he made a front-post run, which drew two Rangers defenders away, which gave Kyogo a yeah. tap-in, right? Um that graphic you just showed there. Moy has found the gap between the Rangers' midfield and the defence. Hatati draws the defenders further out. One, two, Greg Taylor's in, and, you know, two seconds later, it's in the net. It's yeah, just, um, it's all about um, the off-the-ball work. And Taylor, Moy, Maeda and Hatati were all really, really good with that. Um, in the first half and in the second half when they came on I thought that O and Haksabanovic were good with that as well yeah, um, no, absolutely and it gave us something different didn't it that, that yeah. substitute we owe in the park um, that the manager even spoke about that at that Rangers press where it was starting to get a wee bit of joy and he thought you had to drag them back a wee bit because they were starting to kind of uh, play a higher line up the park I was actually very surprised at how high the line was at times but you know, James, looking at that kind of graphic there, I think a lot of his fault when Aaron Moy arrived at Celtic, he'd be this defensive type midfielder. But, you know, both goals, that, that's one there. I'll see if I can get the other one here. Uh, he's playing as a 10 and it's almost like a kind of secondary assist, if you will. He's a guy that's in the position to make that pass and then bang, you know, 30 seconds later, the ball's in the back of the net. Yeah, I think 
a lot of us were doubting him based off a friendly against Norwich City where he wasn't fully fit, which looking back on, that a lot of us, myself included, judged Darren Moy off of that and wrote him off as absolutely berserk because the way he's he's seamlessly sort of filled into this Celtic team. The World, you know, I think he mentioned in his press conferences as well, the World Cup was going to be the best opportunity where he would be at his full fitness. I'll be at full fitness by then because I've got this tournament to play for. Same with, uh, and the builders' confidence as well, the same way it did with Dyson Maida scoring in a World Cup round the 16. Mm-hmm. That's going to do wonders for your confidence when you've got an entire nation cheering you on. And I was glad Liam made the point as well because it's Maida's run that drags the two defenders across and allows Kyogo to be completely unmarked. I remember seeing it, I was like, how can you leave a, yeah. a poacher like Kyogo completely unmarked in the box? Because he's going to finish that nine times out of ten and it's due to the, the off-the-ball work that the team's done. Aaron Moy taking up that space. I feel like even when he was called upon defensively, Aaron Moy, there was quite a few times where a Rangers counter-attack was slammed shut before it could even start because Aaron Moy halts it before it can even get to the final third. Mm-hmm. Not even just his creative play, but the defensive work as well. I think Aaron Moy was absolutely brilliant. And they, and they were just kind of practically sitting behind the, the, the three Celtic strikers. You could see a big part of Rangers' game plan um, was the you know balls out of the midfield, but uh, the defenders. Sorry, we know they like that long ball, but a lot of the times yeah, when they were trying to get on their bike, they just weren't getting it because maybe was there. Um, and if you actually look that, that graphic that I'm talking about that I put up there, Taylor with Tavernier. Uh, Lawrence Tavernier has absolutely no clue where Dyson Maeda is and he's now got uh, Greg Taylor running towards him and Tavernier's uh, Tavernier's got Taylor running towards him and Maeda's already nipped into the box and he's waiting for Taylor to whip the ball across well, you're telling me is, Tavernier has no clue defensively yes this is the news <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a reason he's only got two medals <laughs> you know, he's not very good <laughs> it's, you know can hit a penalty you know, you can't do it tonight, that, but outside of that, okay, it's just not very good. Yeah. And I think, you know, Celtic playing that, be targeting. I tell you, the, we've got the fan that takes a lot more stick in him. It was miles better than Carl, Carl Starfield. What a game mm. he had. When was the last time that boy won? I thought it was excellent, game? Lawrence. I thought it was Lawrence really game. excellent on Sunday. You know, but the press up here would have you believe of he's Rocky, and you've got a uh, captain penalty over there who's, uh, oh, how's he not getting called up for England? He's a star. Signing for beyond the show, showing up again. Yeah. Yep. And then, then blames everybody as per usual. Uh, yeah, he does. He's half moved, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, I don't get it. I don't get it. And he's got his he's got his angry friend in goal who uh, who obviously <laughs> had a, a, a. You were saying McGregor, you know, was wrong to sign him. I thought he kept the score down. Some crap. That, that's a fair saves towards the end. I absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He made really two good saves towards the end of the game. Kyogo. Remember when it looked like Kyogo was going to go around him? Another crap. Yep. Save. So he yeah. kept the, the slow down. Obviously, the press won't focus on that. A few yeah. things the press won't focus on, like, you know, the, the minutes of pause for Ron Gordon getting uh, Runebe sectarian singing from them. Mm-hmm. Illegal songs, but, you know, he won't mention that. Obviously, the commentators. Than either that or can he put Celtic on their jerseys? It's probably because we're imprinted in their psyche. <laughs> you know, we love red between their head, don't we? <laughs> uh, that really was a new level of like pettiness and bitterness, wasn't it? I'm not going to put their name on the shirt. 
And that's and straight down the tunnel as well, by the way. There's not many teams that do that, but straight down the tunnel. Well, well um, listen, see, to be fair, they've seen this about one in a million things that they're at. I've seen this one. I see that all the time. Maybe that was it. The, the, the bit I actually quite liked watching it back last night was Scott Arfield still has that kind of daft strut that he's got walking down the stairs and he had a big long coat on and he just still looked absolutely ridiculous. Scott Arfield, uh, you know, or oh, the smaller key, but nobody's looking out for it. It's another Celtic uh, trophy in the bag. Um, he's not even in Glasgow, you know what I mean? No. What about Alistair Johnson? Was it three or four to get booked for one? You know, time's yep. running out. He <laughs> draws them into a bit of a stream and I think you get three booked for a price of one. He was phenomenal as well, by the way. He was excellent. Alistair Johnson, yeah, he's... I've seen a few people on Twitter doubting he's sort of on-the-ball stuff, but I don't see anything based on that. I think he just, again, and his transfer policy, he's filled in seamlessly. He was here before Janovic was even gone, and I thought he was definitely a solid 8 out of 10 during that, that final on Sunday. Yeah, and particularly James with him, he's still kind of adapting to that inverted fullback role. If you think about it, he's not even two months fully playing at Celtic. He's got his first trophy in the bag. You see, he's got the the, the right attitude towards us. And um, you know, Tony Allison being back in the bench, I think that's only going to push him even more. And it, it looks to be a, a top Celtic player just now, doesn't he, Alistair Johnson? Just to myself. Yeah, uh-huh, you were talking <laughs> uh, yeah, to Alistair yeah, Johnson yeah. now. Yeah, well, Tony Ralston having competition for Tony Ralston as well has really pushed him on. The, the arrival of Josip Janovic helped drive Anthony Ralston on as well as the new system that Anne just handed him to play. And hopefully we can see a similar level with Ralston and Johnson. I think Ralston's sort of creative role in the team is often understated. Because I'm certain he, he was quite close to double figures last season. If he wasn't in double figures for assists last season, he's always getting forward. He's got a really good cross in him as well. So I think if we've got those two competing with each other, we're sorted at that right back position for the next few years. Because Johnson he doesn't really look like he'd be going anywhere anytime soon either. He seems like he's fitted in with the squad perfectly. Mm-hmm. He gets on with the captain really well and the sort of social media videos they post on Twitter. That's the sort of person you want. He's not just built a squad of good footballers, but of just general good guys as well. If they didn't want to be here and they weren't as welcome and we had had lots more players coming in and going out the door straight away like we've seen squads of the past absolutely and Liam he, he almost did at times look like uh, he back to his youth days as a hockey player in, in Sunday you know he, he never struck to any battle at all with any Rangers player I I, I, I I like the fact that in the in the papers leading up to the game that we're talking about you know is it going to be Ryan Jack or is it going to be John Lundstrom that's the Rangers enforcer on Sunday um Johnson just stepped up and showed it. No, boys, this is how you do an enforcer's role properly. Um, You know, the yellow card was maybe a bit rash on his part, but when he saw Rio Hatate getting taken out of the game, I loved the way he charged up that flank just to get right in the face of the the, the opposition. Um, I like to see that. That is an ice hockey thing. That that's that's something he's obviously picked up for Canadian ice hockey because you know they actually have the designated enforcer in their team. Um, and you know I'm, I'm not proud of this boys but I will admit last night I uh, poured myself a wee glass of wine and I uh, went on some of the Rangers fans forums to have a look at how they were handling what's happening and the amount of vitriol that was getting sent Alistair Johnson's way 
I thought for a guy who's only been at the club for 10 minutes to inspire that much anger from them already is uh, he'll he'll do for me definitely yeah. well, we've needed a like that for ages as well I think mm-hmm. we've sort of been lacking a baddie a guy with a sort of a bit a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit ever since Scott Brown left the only player I could think of that would really get in someone's face like that was maybe Callum McGregor and that would just be him standing up for a teammate so the fact that we've got somebody that can sort of dish it out a bit it's, you don't want your squad to become a team of thugs, but just someone in there who's got a bit about them. Okay, if you remember, right, Chris, Chris, I used to do quite a lot um, to, towards the end. It used to get a seller a wee bit of bother for it, but if a Celtic player, you know, but was targeted, big guy would be right in the mix. It Starfield can do it a wee bit too. So you've got a couple of guys in there who who aren't shy, which I think you always need to space in a derby game like that. You always want somebody. Um, to to you know be the enforcer as you called it, Liam. I think that's a, a, a the phrase of the day. But we'll call Alistair Alistair Johnson a Celtic enforcer. I like that. Um, I'm sure he'd quite like that too. But again, you even saw Lawrence it's a wee bit a different side to his game. If you you, you think back, we, we know so much about the fullbacks playing the inverted role and getting into midfield and creating a big overload in there. But the chance he set up for Kyogo. I, I thought that was 1-0. It was an absolutely tremendous cross, and he? he? couldn't have done any better with the cross, Johnson. Yeah, Kyogo should have done better, shouldn't he? Yeah, listen, he's fitted in seamlessly. Obviously, Tosh and Tima are good at identifying the type of player Ange wants. He's been a cracking addition. And, yeah, he's one that's going to grow in value as well. So, you know, he fits the model we have as a club. It's great to have him there, but it showed that, you know, He's street smarts now. Get up and get involved. One yellow card for three. He's getting it. The head of a quarter of the other team. When there's minutes to go in a cup final, they need to go and get back in there. You know, it could only benefit us. The MGV and all over the place. I think cracking player. Be, be interesting to see how, how good he'll get, you know, next season. Once mm-hmm. he's been used to in very full part and, and fully settled in. Yeah. Cracking player. Just as an aside, you reckon like James Tavernier, you know, running up to the cup final, he's going to practice penalties, speak garbage to the media, write an apology speech. Do you think that's his prep for the cup final? Could be. Look, I I, mean, well, it'd be pretty used to it now. Let's just give some credit. I mean, we've got a Rangers captain here who's actually clearly master joined up writing. So, you know, that's an advantage. We should, you know, don't, don't, don't be too harsh on the guy. He's obviously trying, you know. <laughs> Mm. He's, and, going and Le- he's going to experiment with multiple syllable words next week mm. <laughs> and Lima I'm sure he, he was um, the flavour of the month when you were flicking through some of the uh, the forum websites <laughs> last night because he goes to being uh, Cafu to you know rotten so yeah he's but, one that's always worth a, a good laugh the, the great thing was the exact same people who last week were saying Bill's the man, he's showing them what it's all about, he's telling them, we're all, get him out now! You know, the exact, the, the narrative had completely flipped, flipped, based on one game, and, yeah. uh, oh, it's, yeah, I'm, I, I, you know, it's not big and it's not clever, but by God, I love a pint of Rangers fan tears after a cup final. Eh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's a, probably a lot of people in the old comments that do as well, Liam, so you're not the only one. Um, James, in terms of the, the, the second goal, a, a wee bit, you know, Callum McGregor deserves a, a big say in it because if you think back to the Roger goal at Ibrooks, he, he drags, I think it's two or three Rangers players with him and plays the ball into him. He does the exact same thing. Picks out boy. He sees Hatati on his bike, gets the ball to him, balls in the back of the net. Again, you know, McGregor 
who again I thought had a really big impact in the game, especially towards that last ten minutes. But I, I, again, joining in, in the attack there for for Celtic on Sunday. Yeah, three, one of the midfields would have been man of the match for me, either McGregor or Arden Moy. But the player we mentioned earlier, Carl Starfelt, the move starts with him absolutely blasting out of defence and cutting out a sloppy pass. He gets the ball to Cam McGregor, gives it to Rio Hitati. I thought I was calling for Rio Hitati to, to have a shot, but it made the smart decision, cuts it across to Kyogo, gets his second, and he, he just loves playing the League Cup finals, doesn't he? Is it two finals, two doubles? Yep. First player to do that since Billy McPhail in the 1950s for Celtic to score a brace in, in two League Cup finals in a row. I think Bobby Lennox holds the record for the only player to score in three League Cup finals. So that's Kyogo's target, obviously, for, for next season is to uh, equal the, the, the Buzz Bombs record uh, on that one. But Lawrence, as James says there, some record, and it, it puts to bed the myth that, that Kyogo doesn't turn up against Rangers because I, I, I kept saying before, um, the, the derby game at New Year and the, the first game he plays in the left wing the second game he's injured he's then I think he's still injured for the game at Ibrooks. the semi-final I think he comes off the bench late on in the game and then the one each throw at Celtic part I think he was on the bench too so that, that was last season covered then this season he goes down in about 7 minutes and Jackie Marcus needs to come on in the 4-0 game New Year up front 90 minutes scores Sunday, up front, 90 minutes, two goals, three and two. Yeah, he's, he's doing okay. I mean, I think a lot of that, their fans says he only scores against Diddy teams. I suppose the weekend doesn't disprove that. You know, but we want to see him up in a level in Europe, don't we, next season? Kyogo's got more goals against Rangers than Rangers have trophies. Just let that sink in. <laughs> Liam, he's a player that you know hell of a well. Twenty-four goals for the season now. I think you'll score fairly no bother. As Lawrence does say there, though, you do want to make carry that into Europe. But you know, his form post World Cup has been absolutely exceptional, and I'm sure Hajime Moriyasu is probably reconsidering him uh, now just due to his goal scoring form. Aye, well, the, the problem with Japan is that. Maeda is the centre forward for Japan. As you saw at the World Cup, he's very good playing in Japan's system. Kyogo is probably a better all-round player, but the question is, how did Japan fit him into that system? You know, Japan have historically had this problem where they've had great players, but how do they fit them into the system? Um, because Moriyasu particularly has a very regimented way of how he sets up his team, and it's like there is one centre forward and that's it. Um, so how does Kyogo come into that because playing him as a winger he's, he's nowhere near as effective right? we've seen that I've seen that when he's played for Japan um, he needs to be a centre forward but as long as Maeda's doing really well internationally you know, Kyogo's going to have to it's quite funny that in one sense from a Celtic point of view Kyogo is always in the team ahead of Maeda if you're thinking on mm. priorities right? but Japan, it's the other way around. Maeda is the man, and it's it's on Kyogo to d displace him, and that's going to be a really interesting one to see how that's going to develop over the next couple of years. Because Kyogo's too good a player to not be in the Japan squad, but at the moment, as long as Maeda's still doing the damage up front for them, uh, Kyogo's not going to start at centre forwards. So they need to find mm -hmm. some way to accommodate him. Yeah, again, almost Celtic's becoming a wee bit like that. There's a system in place, and you need to have players that that fit the system to do the job. 
Um, we, we were talking about the G League and Japanese football particularly. Tomoki Iwata, I thought it was very good when he came on on Sunday. But what was your take on his performance when he came on the part, Liam? Uh, yeah, um, Tomoki Iwata, a lot better than Lavi Iwata, eh, Rangers supporters. Um, yes, uh, he was brilliant. He he was he was um he came on at an important time, showed up the midfield, kept things tight. Um, like you said before, you know they were just starting to press a wee bit further up the park. And the combination of O and Haksibanovic giving their defenders a bit of a torrid time and Iwata just adding that wee bit extra steel to the midfield. Um, it's really, again, it's the squad standards. Um, mm-hmm. And Iwata is, you know, a bit like Kyogo with Japan in the sense that he's unlucky that, you know, we've got Callum McGregor and and uh, Matt O'Reilly and Rio Hatate in there at the moment and Aaron Moy who are just on another level and Iwata mm. is going to have to do something special to get beyond that and get you know cement a place in the team and unfortunately as we saw last season with uh, with Hideguchi defensive midfielders it's quite tough to get noticed in that position and with Ange's team you've got to do something exceptional to become an established fixture as mm. Aaron Moy and Maeda have done since the World Cup Absolutely. A, a game, possibly James at Tynecastle, could be the kind of time where you maybe see a, a similar game pan out that you did at Hamden. Um, and, he, you know, Awata can come on and, and take his opportunity. But towards this kind of next wee spell until we get to the, the, the split, I think he's going to get some game time under his belt, which he's needing. I don't think it'll be from the start. I think Liam makes a really good point there. You know, Callum McGregor's your captain. He's up against possibly you could argue Celtic's most important player at this point in time but I certainly think he will get some game time and it'll be in that time that he'll get his chance to to impress the manager Yeah, I'm always conscious about Celtic signing a defensive midfielder because we saw the fate that Idiguchi and Abelgaard have suffered, no game time at all, so I was struggling to think, where where would I bat uh, I saw to improve if he's getting hardly any game time, but you would hope in the next few weeks that we'll get to see that, because I thought he was really good when he came on in the final against Rangers. I thought in the sort of limited time he had, he showed up the Celtic midfield at a point where it looked like things were starting to get a bit too chaotic, starting to get a bit yeah. too hectic. Just trying, I try wanted to see the stick out the game. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a there was a point with Joe Hart. He got the ball and I thought catch the ball and fall to the ground for thirty seconds and just slow it. And he threw the ball and I thought, oh, for God's sake, just calm it down, Celtic. Yeah, we're starting to become the that... game that they want. They Rangers yeah. want a chaotic, sort of hectic style of football where Celtic just want to play football. We just want to get on with it. And I thought, what, I came on and helped us cement our game in that last sort of 10 minutes, which we saw with the two chances that we had. They should have ended up with us with a 4-1-1. Mm. And, and Lawrence, you know, even though I'm saying there about taking the sting out the game, James has just said that you said it earlier on. I know Rangers were pushing, but Celtic towards the end of that game could have made that goal margin even higher. Yeah, they, they should have done. You know, it should have been four or five one. Well, hot one chances created there. You know, McGregor, I think he keeps him in it. Poor finishing for, from us, and even a bad actually, that, that dive. You know, he's going to buy the ball into the box. He's going to get shot. I know that, that was disappointing, wasn't that's it? Because I, I thought I thought it was Nick Walsh's dodgy decision for where I was. I was at F two, so looking right. across it, I thought. Free kick, free kick, and then my dad was in the south stand. Some after the game, he says, "Nah, bad. He, he did dive. 
I don't know yeah, what he's doing. Yeah, he's buying again. He's either got a short goal, he's, he's putting the ball across the six-yard box here. Yeah, it's poor for him. Hopefully he'll learn, you know, he's, he's young yet. Hopefully Andrew's had a work with him, but yeah, should have been four or five one. It, it was easy. I mean, suppose that the only thing I'm left thinking is do we win the league before the split? You know, it's done now. I mean, do we get the trophy before the split? Is what it's all about now, isn't it? You know, and I think I think there's a pretty chance we will. You know, they, they, they can't. They must have run out of penalties this season, surely. And if that's the case, I, I think we'll secure it before the split. And then, you know, you might see Ange, you, you know, a bit more rotation then. Trying a few things out before next season. Seven games before the split and then the the rest after that. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, I think that's right. Yep, seven games. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, we'll see how it pans out. Um Liam, uh, uh, again, you know, but we're talking about Abata there. A comment come, coming in here is, uh, I've lost it, but it was saying that they didn't expect to see Abata and McGregor in the, the field at the one time. But again, we know that Ange knows him very, very well from Yokohama. I'm certainly a, a player that he wanted to get in. And that might be something I think you see possibly more and more next season. Wayne Celtic, you know, back in Champions League, that he's got that option. Yeah. I think that particularly in Europe next season, you're going to see what the uh, what the young folks call the double pivot, the the two holding midfielders. Um, double six. Aye, aye. Um, and it's you know it, it's a it, like you say it's another it's another um, sort of a weapon in our arsenal that we can deploy when we when we have to. And I really think that uh, that is where Iwata is going to shine, is playing alongside McGregor. Because McGregor is a very similar player, but at the moment he's a much better player. Mm-hmm. And you, you get better by playing alongside better players. You know, look at Tony Ralston, like we just said before. Juranovic and now Johnson are making him a better player. Um, Greg Taylor has come to Celtic and become an absolute sensation. Absolutely. When we signed him, I was like, uh should we really be signing guys for Kilmarnock? You know, that was kind of my, you know, my admittedly rather ignorant view of it. And I was proven completely wrong because he grew as the Celtic team grew. And hopefully Iwata can do the same next season. Yeah, absolutely. And as I say, I think he'll get some game time eh, towards the end of this season. And if Lawrence predictions comes through, post-split will be giving plenty of players some eh, minutes in the team um, James question coming in here to ask about Sunday um, Stephen Donnelly coming in to say he wouldn't change too much on Sunday he would like to see Haksabanovic start against Harps at Celtic Park next Wednesday night again that goes back to the rotation um, I'm one of the lucky 1500 getting to go to Paisley on Sunday which has become an absolute nightmare for folk who go everywhere with Celtic to get a ticket for now which is just disappointing um, Sunday I don't think there'll be too many changes and I'm glad I've got a full week um, players obviously getting to enjoy themselves Sunday, Monday. They're back in today. Um, it'll be back to the training park. And again, the manager then says to the players to go again for them. Yeah, and he knows from what happened the last time he we went to Paisley that too much rotation can potentially backfire. So something similar to the team that we lined up with in that cup final, perhaps maybe Leal Abada in, if anybody. Although I don't know how you felt about it, but that dive running through on goal, in the cup final, that was that was needless. Now, I, I was really happy to see that, but I'd hope to maybe see him back in the team for that for the Samoan game because we can't we can't 
we've got to take them seriously, is what I'm trying to say, because well, it's, it's backfired before. Mm. I'm glad we've got that week off, as I say. I think at times, um, even after like, the Kelly semi-final, the manager said it took quite a lot out the, the, the players. So um, I'm, I'm glad we've got a good couple of days in between. Lawrence, it, it, was, uh, it was reported there in the press that Celtic are possibly considering um, a trip to, to South Korea in the, the, the summer as well as this possible co- competition in Japan. Um, o- on the pitch, we were talking there, things looking really, really good. But in terms of the strategy off the pitch, again, this seems to make absolute perfect sense. If we are going to go to Japan and take on Man City, Bayern Munich and PSG, why not uh, play a game in South Korea as well? Seems good, yeah. The only thing that could possibly make it better is somehow getting Safeco to sign up for it and then having to pay a few million quid because you don't kill them. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they'd do that for a laugh again? We could get them in the South Korea. <laughs> No, cost them four or five million. They probably don't have. Liam, Liam will get Tavernier to do when he's joined up righty letters for it. So you could do that if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> I can win it. What, what got me was if you saw the thing ahead of the game, there were like, there was some Rangers fans were like, "Oh, here's Celtic's team lineup for the weekend," and it was just all like kanji characters. Mm. And I was like, "That's Chinese, you muppets! If you couldn't have a go, at least look up Japanese characters, you know." <laughs> um, but aye, the uh, let's hear you're taking yeah. us because obviously you're over there. I'm sure if you get the opportunity and um, to go and watch Celtic live, if you could get there, you you probably would. Um, the, the 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 trip to Japan makes a lot of sense for Celtic at this point in time. Aye, the trip to Japan is much more of a a commercial thing than the Korea trip. But what might what might be in it, what might be the thing, and I don't know, but it may actually be part of the deal where we signed O that we've agreed to go and play a friendly in Korea mm. at some point. Because I know when we signed Shinsuke Nakamura, for example, that was the last time Celtic were in Japan. Was um, right. went over and played Yokohama in a friendly as part of that that contractual agreement. Um, so yeah, I really, um, I mean, put it this way: I was <laughs> I had my meeting with the bosses this afternoon to talk about my my working schedule and contract from from April when the new school year starts here. I've already said to them, uh, I'm probably a couple of days off in May and June. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if Celtic come to town, Liam, you, you disappoint me. I thought you'd have been doing the Celtic evangelist, and the whole school would have been taking a couple of days out of Pied Piper. Yep. Well, you know, well, emphasis on the Pied. I yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I the uh, it is good actually. That's one of the good things about working here is that that because. As teachers, you move about quite a bit. It's quite a physical job. So, like, you wear sportswear to work. So, of course, strutting into work yesterday with my hoops on, I was quite happy. Uh, <laughs> it was quite a good feeling. And I was actually kind of vaguely disappointed that I don't work with any of the dark side, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That, that's, that's maybe not something that's... Uh, you've escaped that... Uh, Liam, when I was at school, James, you'd have been the exact same as me. Celtic used to, you know, won everything. It always used to beat Rangers and used to go in and absolutely uh, <laughs> chuffy bits to see any um, Rangers fans that were amongst you. Um, I at, think it was my first game. The my first game when the Rangers came back. So I was just walking in. It was after they beat us in the semi-final. So the year after that, I we just wiping the floor with them every single time. And I'm just walking in and I'm like... <laughs> He's kind of touches. 
and then you go and then you go into uni life and, that, and again you're you're winning tables and all that stuff too. So, um, yeah, it's been a, a a good laugh in terms of that. Um, but Lord, it's back to we're talking there about Japan and South Korea as possible trips again. That is a real benefit of Celtic winning the league title, getting into the Champions League, and you've then got that gap in the summer to go and do these trips. You know, having to come back to play a a KR Reykjavik or whoever. It's increasing our, our fan base and our commercial revenue as well. You know, we're, we're mm. already the best supported club in Scotland, and, and it's just further building on that advantage that we have. So, yeah, it, it's brilliant to do that. I mean, but my, my next trip is a St Patrick's Day weekend, the captain's night in town. You'll find the details on the Facebook page. Big Roy, Danny, and Tom telling some stories. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Roy got the last dodgy decision. We had against Rangers, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. they always seem to remind us of that, don't they? Mm-hmm. But, obviously, Sean Brown knows what she's doing commercially. Yeah. So I think anything that grows the fan base. Sure, when you were saying that you can now even buy the strips in Japan. Yeah, the Adidas Japan store has mm-hmm. uh, certainly the home shirt uh, available now, um, albeit for about 15 to 20% more than you would pay for it in the UK. But once you factor in the shipping costs and the import costs, whatever, it is actually about the same as I would pay if I ordered it for the Celtic site anyway. So, aye, um, that's definitely a good thing. And next season, hopefully that continues and I don't have to go through all the nonsense of uh, ordering it from Scotland and getting the new top three weeks after everybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, to kind of um, lastly ask all three of you, there was a lot of iconic images that uh, that came out a, a Sunday um, as a wee kind of different one. I want to ask you, but what was your favourite um, picture you you seen? Um, James, I'll come to you in this one. What was your, your pick of the, the, the picks, shall we say, um, on Sunday? So I'm going to give you two. I'll give you two. Either Kyogo, Lovram selling the air after getting that second goal. Big, massive yep. fist bump right in there. That was uh, a brilliant moment. Or... Oh, I think it was either the Green Brigade or the boys. It was one of their megaphones. So I think Jota had somehow got a hold of it. And he's sitting leading the, the Green Brigade and the, the big massive crowd with the megaphone. It was, it was just a, a party atmosphere. It was a celebration. It was funny after the game. I don't know if the TV covered it, um, but the, the players jumped in behind the goal and they stand after the game. And I yeah. went in as well, but, but watching him try to get over the board was actually quite funny. Because of the jacket that he had on, he obviously wears that big long coat and try to, you know, it's hard enough to try to jump over a board when you're maybe in your late 50s. But um, with the big long jacket, I don't think it was himself at all. I imagine that was why it got whipped off um, when the, the old celebration started. Lawrence, favourite picture uh, for Sunday? Can't oh. be a Rangers one, I want a Celtic one. So could it be back post Barisic? You know, again. Could it be the Tavernier? <sighs> He just seems to do that when he scored, doesn't he? Oh, what's going on? Uh, it's not like that, it's a shouting at my defender. It's like yeah. that. Yeah. It could have been the David Brent at the end of the game. I <laughs> <laughs> tell him what to do. <laughs> you know, you've just been scaled again. Uh, can't have Alan McGregor punting the ball into us either, which he was oh. going to do the first time, then wanted to do the second. Yeah, uh, oh, I think Carl Starfield absolutely dominating. We just won his clearing headers. Absolutely dominated him. You know, and for the stick the guy's been taking, the undrew stick, it's partly one of the best defensive partnerships we've had in a long, long while. I just mm. can't believe the amount of sticking gets, you know, but mm. taking a guy who can do better. 
listen, well, I think we might be doing well to hold on to him at the end of the season. It's an interesting one. It's a debate that I think is out there. Obviously, there was rumours last week there is Premier League interest. Rover has obviously got a Kobayashi in the door. But as you say, Lawrence, it's been a really important partnership for Celtic. A lot of folks says getting into the game that it's great that Celtic's got so many uh, attacking and flair players up front. But a big part of your game needs to be a, a solid defensive partnership. Both of them were, were excellent. Sarfield had a wee bad moment at the end of the game, which probably took a, a wee point off him for a 10 out of 10 performance. But what I like about both of them is they don't get sucked in um, with Alfredo up top. They just dealt with him. They completely dominated him throughout the whole game. Um, he was not a worry. And I see what you were saying there, Liam, the old narrative and him's flipped again. Everybody wants him uh, out and sacked and he was disrespectful because he beated a water bottle there and another picture for you. Um, Liam, iconic image from Sunday. Well, you, your favourite? You stole my thunder there because the two things I was going to mention, one was that banner at the end of the game about we set the standards. That was just magnificent. Um, but the other one is kind of the, uh, the tale of two strikers. You know, Kyogo gets subbed uh, after an hour sitting on two goals, looking at a potential hat-trick. So, you know, most strikers would not be happy at getting taken off when they're on the ascendancy and looking at getting a hat-trick in a cup final. But Kyogo goes off, all smiles, you know, does his yep, thing. Bows, bows um, as he leaves the park, as always, too. Yep. Morelos scores a goal, which is the only thing of any meaning he did in the entire match. Mm-hmm. And then he's celebration more bottles when he gets hooked. <laughs> the, the, the celebration's now really, really funny because he really gets excited, doesn't he, after he scores a goal? Um, you know, he's like, um, and he's given it, all this. And... It reminded me of, you've probably seen that internet meme of like, the guy on the podium and he's like, yay, get up, uh-huh. you whatever. Uh-huh. And then the camera pans out and he's actually got the bronze medal. Uh, mine, uh, I think there's a couple uh, Andrew's got one, he's got the two arms out straight, so I thought that was a really good picture um, but I'm going to go with my favourite is actually Greg Taylor, if you watch the clip back, it's somebody in the Rangers end that's videoing the game, um, when we get the first goal Greg Taylor um, has his arm up with the, the, arm, the arm across uh, that, and he's making a, a, a very polite gesture towards the Rangers fans of our so I'm going to go with that one um, because I, all, I, I remember that uh, during the, 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 the capitulating season there was a few Celtic fans that had turned in Greg Taylor because of his youth career um, and where he had been but I certainly think he's he's definitely one of us and I, I one like Alistair Johnson and all the other guys we spoke about earlier on I don't think we probably gave uh, Hatati enough chat on here earlier on. I thought he was exceptional too on Sunday. He was here then everywhere, obviously set up the goal and whatnot. Um, as players who are going to develop and get better at Celtic this season. Gents, pleasure as always. Um, I'm sure we'll be on smiling uh, after more silverware success at Celtic. Um, long may that continue. Thank you to all our commentator, uh, contributors in the comments who all seem in very fine form and, and happy today. I think if you could probably see their faces, they'd all be sitting with a smile. As always, please do like and subscribe to the channel and we'll catch you tomorrow here on A Celtic State of Mind.
Social Podcast Network.